have you got it running? Yes. Is it going? Yes, we're recording now. <laughs> hey there, welcome to Better Words. I'm Michelle and I'm from the Unfinished Bookshelf. And I'm Caitlin and I blog at Just a Bookish Babe. And we are recording this in September um, because by the time it goes to air, I'm going to be overseas and hopefully having lots of fun. Yeah, Michelle will be, <laughs> the, Michelle will be in the UK, so yes, there's no point in lying. It's like the 9th of September. <laughs> We all just happen to be in Brisbane, which is why we're joined by our second real-life guest. Which is so exciting. Um, <laughs> so we are joined by my former lecturer, so teaching fellow? Yes, senior Bond, teaching fellow. Senior teaching fellow <laughs> at, Bond, <laughs> at Bond University um, doing journalism and their new creative writing program, which is right. about. Yep. And you are in Brisbane for Brisbane Writers Festival um, doing some um, chairing, some panels, but also going and enjoying yep. the work. So welcome to the podcast, Thank Caroline Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I've been listening <laughs> eagerly, so this is exciting <laughs> for me too. Yeah, this is really, this is really cool, actually, because um, we still catch up a bit, even though I've not been at uni for like three and a half years. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's nice, and we always talk about books and podcasts, because like us, you are a little bit addicted to podcasts, right? Absolutely, yes. I've got a... <laughs> How many do you think you have on your phone? Oh, a lot. And I go through phases with them as well. So I'm yeah. probably, yeah, averaging 20 hours of podcasts a week, I reckon. It's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. When I look at how quickly, like, I've been going through audiobooks lately, it's really scary because they tell you, like, obviously how long it's been, like, 14 hours or something, and then I finish it and I'm like, Oh, wow, I listen to this a lot. Yeah. I mean, but isn't it the same, like, with reading? I mean, especially, like, with an mm. audiobook. Like, they just tell you this takes us 14 hours to read aloud to you. We would still spend that 14 hours reading the pages. I think the difference is if I was reading it in person with my busy schedule, it would take me, like, a month. That audiobook could take me, like, a couple of days. And that's what's scary is, like, how much I listen to audio because I listen to it when I'm doing my makeup, when I'm having a shower, when I'm cooking breakfast, basically anytime I'm doing anything and I'm not at work or having to interact with people, I'm listening to a podcast or now audiobooks. Yeah. yeah. So I'm cooking the same, dinner. Walking my dog. Yeah. yeah. It's I so feel like that's all daytime, you're not getting back. Exactly. No, I, I feel like I'm, I feel <laughs> quite productive now, even though I'm a little bit addicted yeah. to podcasts. I know. Well, it makes me feel really productive because I'm like, Ooh. I want to listen to this podcast and I also want to do a load of washing. Combine the That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even just when I've been in Brisbane this week, when I've had to walk places, I was like, oh, let me listen to my audio book because then no one will talk to me on the street too, which is also a bonus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although some idiot did still try to talk to me. I was like, I've got headphones in. Like, it's clearly visible. I'm wearing headphones. Do not talk to me. Just, just leave know, me. Actually, I didn't say that to them. I just ignored them. But I actually had oh. a funny moment with that this morning. I went out this morning left Michelle in our little hotel room. It was she really was, tight. I think you were doing your assignment or something. Oh, I, I think just, I told you I was going to do my assignment. What I actually did was sleep and read and ring my mum. Well, that's all right. <laughs> so, I did a little bit of extra shopping. I'm more of a shopper than Michelle is. I went to, like, Zara and Forever 21 and everything like that. But um, And Maya. Oh, anyway, <laughs> um, but, no, as I was walking back to our hotel room before we came over here, um, I walked past these two dudes who were in, like, their mid-20s like those people who just like stand on the street and try and get you to buy stuff or something mm -hmm. but like they were standing like a meter apart from each other and as I walked past one he was just like oh how you going and I was like oh good thank you completely with my <laughs> arms closed like closed like 
Do not talk to me. Body language is closed, don't talk to me. And then as I was walking past the other one, he like held out his hand like for a fist bump and I fist bumped him. I was like, that's cool. I was like, whatever, they didn't try and sell me anything. I'll give you a fist bump, that's fine. Harass someone else. Like my experience the other day, I had this shirt on that said cats against cat calls, which is like one of my really cute feminist shirts. And like the little cat on it has a little flower crown. It's it's really cute. Um, but I think, like, I saw the guy's mouth move, but it didn't really, like, because I was listening to my audiobook. I think he said something like, what's a cat call? And I was just like, what? Why would you? Just don't. Don't talk to me. I have this feminist T-shirt on and I have earbuds in. Exactly. Even if you don't know what a cat call is, it also says against. Google it. Google it. The shirt also says against. So it's like, (laughs) I don't like it. Don't ask me what it is. And the headphones are sending that other pretty That is true. I think when I listen to my thing, I always have it enough so I can hear like the, I can hear enough like other noise. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I am also a bit worried, probably because I listen to too much true crime podcasts. <laughs> but um, I'm always like looking behind me, making sure that no one's following me. Like that's just a thing I do anyway. But I'm like, I don't want to think I'm an easy mm-hmm. target with yeah. my headphones in. Like I'm still keeping an eye on you, buddy. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm looking in that store window as I go past to make sure there's no one following me. Like, I probably still am an easy target, but whatever. No, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. Stay, stay sexy, don't get murdered. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Actually, Cara, you're a fan of my favourite murder, too. I am. Yes, yes. And that's <laughs> thanks to you as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we did, like, last time we caught up, we switched, I think, oh, I, I had definitely started uni, so it was probably, like, I don't even know, like, in Six June. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. A, yeah. yeah. Um, and we swapped podcasts. So I started listening to This American Life, um, <laughs> which is one of your favourites. I started S-Town, but I made the mistake of starting it with my partner and we never finished it because we haven't listened to it together. Uh, and I promised him I wouldn't yeah. finish it. Yeah. But we got quite a way through and it's really good. Um, I did start the second season of Serial, but I wasn't really a fan. I no, didn't, I didn't no. love the second season of Serial. I didn't finish it. Um, no, yeah, it wasn't. Not. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what it was about it, and I don't know whether it was partly the audio being. Yeah, the audio was a bit funny. Yeah, I don't know, but it's, it's just not gripping in the same way, even though it's got maybe yeah. on the face of it stronger narrative elements. Because mm. that one, like the first one, if people haven't listened to Serial, um, which I'm sure they're out there because I only listened to it like quite recently, um, is about a guy who claims he's wrongly convicted for the murder of his ex-girlfriend or girlfriend of some relation at the time, um, and they're investigating whether that's the case. And then the second one, see, I was even confused about what what his crime was, I guess, but so he is in the military and he deliberately goes missing to cause he like a away from, dust. Yeah, what is it? Like, they have the like base, a name so. for it, so it's something about where they... But he basically wanted to create a situation to draw attention to something that was happening to um, the civilians. It was very, like, and I think maybe that confused me and then I was like, I don't really understand what's going on and maybe that's why I never really got into it. Yeah, I had a similar experience with it and I admitted I didn't get through the whole 
series mm-hmm. on it as well. I kept trying to persist, but it just wasn't mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Well, I think that's sort of part of the thing, like how you were saying, that you go in phases of listening to different podcasts and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like I, probably because more recently, um, earlier, like when earlier this year when I was rereading the Harry Potter series, I was like binge listening to like Witch Please and everything like that. And I abandoned Anna Faris's Unqualified, which is like <laughs> one of my original favourite podcasts. But now, like I've sort of finished the other one, I've been binge listening to that one more recently, which is really good because it's so conversational. Mm. And it, yeah, it depends. Depends what yeah. you're looking for too, like a conversational exactly. one or one that is yeah. more like a story narrative, um, or even just like if it's like this American Life where it has the snippets of narrative. Yeah. It's a very different style to say, like, yeah, Unqualified or The Lady Gang or yeah, Jules exactly. and Sarah or something. Well, yeah, because even um, Witch Please, like, after they sort of got through, like, the set of books and movies, whatever, they still have other episodes about other things, but I just haven't listened to them because I was, like, I listened as I was rereading the series, but now I'm finished. Mm. Yeah. So, like... What? And also, didn't yeah. you say some of them were, like, about The Lord of the Rings and stuff? And yeah, like, that's I don't not give something... a shit about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's not something you really like as much, but no. yeah, that's fine. I have, yeah, a lot of people have said that to me, you know, like that. Oh, it's not Harry Potter and stuff. You'd like Lord of the Rings, but I don't know. I've it's never watched it. I've never read them. Yeah. I don't fish. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not one for fantasy usually which is surprised that I like Game of Thrones actually because um, I usually don't care about fantasy it's too it's too much I'm, I'm lazy generally and it's just too it's too much to learn all these new names and yeah. political systems and to have to like if that's if that's a genre you, you like and you're be, doing it for every single book that's just too you much can't work. be casually involved in like a fantasy no. series no. you have to really go in <laughs> yeah which is why Game of Thrones is so popular because to enjoy it you have to really be into it and know exactly what's going on. So everyone's obsessed with it because you kind of have to be. You can't Absolutely. just watch it and, like, let it go. Yeah. And I think it actually would have less impact if it wasn't happening in this sort of cultural moment. As yeah. Because yeah, um, obviously it's been out for ages too. So yeah, it obviously yeah. there was a time where it was, like, just laying dormant and yeah. it got big. But so much of the success is, like, the, the follow-on discussion mm. and people yeah. nerding out on theories and Easter eggs and mm. all of that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, mm. it's I mean it's obviously incredibly popular. It has been very, very popular for the past couple of years. But it's also in, like, its seventh season. And I don't remember hearing about it seven years ago. No. The so, first couple of seasons were really quiet. I think I started hearing about it after the Red Wedding. Yeah, that was Mainly be. because that happened... <laughs> You'll know this. It happened about the same time that Kevin Rudd and Julia Gillard had their leadership thing. And, oh, and, did it? Oh, yeah. No, I think, I think the reason why it was familiar is because then I think they did like a spoof on Insiders about, and it was like the Red Wedding thing for oh, Insiders. Funny. And that's, I think that's when I started like noticing Game of Thrones places. It's like when you get a car and then you suddenly notice everybody else has got that car. Like, yeah. Yeah. That happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, everyone drives hybrids now because exactly. I drive hybrids. Yeah, do you have any garage that I drive past on the street? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, we should tell people this. The other day, we went to the physio, or I went to the physio, and I pulled up and there was this little purple Mirage, and I was like, oh, that looks just like Caitlin's car. And I, like, parked next to it, and then I was like, maybe it like, is Caitlin's car. And then I, like, noticed the P plate, and I was like, oh, okay. And... Then I like kind of like did a really dodgy like walk past and was like looked inside and was like, that is Caitlin's car. I'm sure of it. Like how many other mirages 
have like that specific key plate and like a place a certain placement of things in your on your dashboard that I was like that's 100% Caitlin's car and I walked into the waiting room and there you were so actually very funny yeah really you fun. were like and you said it like you knew I was there. And I was because like, I, did, I was I like, you? oh, it's confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> and then I couldn't remember if I told you I was going or not. It was very funny. But what you did, you but you told me you were going to a different physio. So that I was like, no, that can't be Caitlin's because yeah, she wasn't going to go. I an appointment at the other place. Yeah. So I, <laughs> the I think that's what confused me. I was like, no, no, she's just going to a different physio. So, yeah. yeah. It's pretty funny. Isn't that so weird how you, like, look in someone's car and it's like, yeah, that's their air freshener. Yeah, yeah I was like, where's the air freshener? Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I just always have car blinders. The number of times I'm trying to get into another car, thinking it's my own. <laughs> same thing happened to me at that same physio. I walked to this silver, I don't even think it was a Toyota, but I walked to it and I was like, silver car. And I was like, oh, oh, that's not my car. Oh, dear. I do the same thing all the yeah. time. Yeah. That's so <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever had that. For real? No. Then, then you well, feel like a creep. And yeah, like, and then I was like, I was like, looking around. Probably worse that I then was like looking around to make sure that I hadn't. Yeah, and then I was like, it probably looked like I just tried to break into that yeah. car. There's nothing like trying not to look suspicious. Yeah, yeah. it just seems suspicious. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. that's true. I don't know. I don't think I've ever really had that. The only two cars I've owned are pretty specific. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. So, but you also you don't have personalized plates. I had personalized plates, but I still managed to do it. Yeah, I was like, you know, you should know. I think it was because it was like reverse angle parking so I just walked out and I was like on my phone and was like just saw this silver like sedan and I was like oh yeah that's my car and I'd forgotten that I parked a bit further up that road so oh, okay. I'm gonna justify it like that it was a busy day <laughs> yeah anyway we didn't really do like what we've been doing lately but I feel like this is a good yeah it's pretty a good, good start to the podcast so, yeah it's talking about podcasts and stuff that we like and yeah I mentioned audiobooks I just listened to two really good ones that I would really recommend the first was a young adult one called the yearbook committee by Sarah Ayub um and that was that had a male and a female narrator with two female characters and two male characters and basically they're all from very different backgrounds in high school and they get thrown together on the yearbook. And then it's like their year of all this stuff happens, but they all have quite complicated backstories um, with their parents. So one of the kids, his mum is like very depressed and um, he's working jobs. She can't work. So he's working but trying to keep it a secret from everyone that she is in this state where she can't look after herself or him basically. Someone else is like fighting with her dad because she wants to be a police officer, but he doesn't want her to be. Um, and another one, her dad is running for, I think, um, the premier of the state. And so there's all the complications that go with that. Um, plus just general, like, high school dramas, like yeah. this person likes this person and all that sort of stuff. But it's just a really good read. And it worked well in an audio format. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I didn't have trouble knowing who was speaking, even though obviously the girl did two characters they still sounded, like, they still felt distinct. Once I got oh, into it a bit more, good. a few chapters in, it felt distinct and I kind of got, got the hang of how they talked yeah. and stuff. And then the First other one... chapters, I think point of views are always mm. a little... Yeah. Are the point of views labelled at all or...? Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah, so it always has, like, it'll have, like, Matty and then it'll have, like, a face. It took me a while to realise because it was in audio format. It, it's like a Facebook update. So I was oh, like, why oh, are they oh, saying oh. his name twice? But, like, it's funny how you say that, that you preferred, like, the Facebook 
updates or whatever on audio. My mum told me this once. She read, well, listened to, Attachments by Rainbow Rowell. Oh, yeah, and that's and all emails, hey? It's all, I forget what the term for it is, but yes, it's all in emails. It's epi... I know it's certainly. I hate. I love books like that, but I can never. Remember I always what read the it as like Epi Tolstoy. Like. I actually didn't even realize there was a word for it. Yeah, there is. So happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is. There is because um, I yeah. looked it up for like because the perks of being a wallflower, Jacqueline Moriarty's yeah, books. Yeah. They're all written yeah. in that style. Like when they're written in you know like letters and emails and now like social media and everything. But yeah. yeah. Mum said she, when she was listening to that book, she was like, I enjoyed it, but it was bloody annoying because, like, yeah, because they would read oh, out, like, you know, it'd be like, Michelle, 1203, blah, 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 yeah. blah, Caitlin, <laughs> 1204, blah, 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 blah. Oh, so annoying. And then, like, it would be interesting if they read the email addresses as well because that's the sort of stuff I would skim over where I'd be like, exactly. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, and and I always miss the chronology of a book like that because mm. I always skip the date. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, I or I just take a basic notice, but you, you don't yeah. read the whole thing. Um, there was another Monica McInerney book that I listened to last year, House of Memories, and some of that was in oh, yeah. email I've form. Actually, read that like yeah, yeah, and that was the same thing. That. But I, I think that would have annoyed me if the whole book was in that. But when it was well, just a chapter, it's fine to read. Oh yeah, but, it's fine yeah. to read. But listening to it on audio, I think I would have felt the same. Mm. Um, so yeah, the second book that I read was listen to um was the husband's secret by leanne moriarty um i've enjoyed jacqueline moriarty's books before and their sisters and obviously like i was hearing a lot about leanne before she got famous with big little lies which yeah. got adapted because a lot of the young adult bloggers that we know love jacqueline's work so they yeah. have always been talking about leanne and nicola um and so finally i was like oh okay it's not the hype I'm not giving in to the hype. I've been meaning to read her books for a while. Um, and I the yeah. only one that was available on my library borrow box app was The Husband's Secret because, of course, everyone's reading Big all the other ones. <laughs> so um, I listened to that and that was another one that worked really well on audio format um, because you have, like, three distinct characters and it's about how their lives intersect and stuff like that. Um, but it just – the narrator, Caroline Lee – um, I just remembered that because she has done a lot of other audiobooks that I love. Um, she's done a lot of Kate Morton's books, which I've basically listened to all of them on audio, and she's she's really good. So I really enjoyed that one. And by the end, I was saying to Caitlin, I was like, I just need to, to finish this. I've got like 20 minutes to go on this audiobook. Could you just let me listen to this? <laughs> I was like, just shut up for a second. <laughs> she's like, I want to go back to the hotel room just to finish listening to the audiobook. Yeah. One thing I was going to talk about, actually, um, I watched this movie on the plane from Brisbane to Sydney when I was going to Sydney last week. Um, Table 19. Oh. Have you heard of this? It was, no, I haven't. Um, so it was Anna Kendrick, like a little Anna Kendrick indie sort of rom-com or whatever. And I remember seeing the trailer and stuff, but like I don't think it ever got released in our cinema because nothing ever gets released in Northampton. The circle. But, um, I don't know if I knew when it came out or anything, but it was on like the Virgin in flight entertainment app thing or whatever, yeah. so I watched it. It was so weird. I don't know what I thought it was about, but like basically like the gist is it's table nineteen and it's like a group of randoms who are at the back table at a wedding. Oh. 
And it's like, these are people who should have known to RSVP no kind of thing. Like, oh. courtesy invites. And so, like, there's this randoms <laughs> up the back or whatever. And, like, from the trailer, it was like, you know, oh, group of misses. And it's like, oh, and I can check all that. Like, oh, my whatever. And everything. And then, like, the movie was so weird and it was just very different to – I mean, I enjoyed it. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it was, it was strange. So, like, Anna Kendrick's character – her like oldest childhood friend is getting married and she was dating her brother but then like they broke up so then she kind of got shunted from the wedding party and everything and it's like now up the back <laughs> of the <laughs> wedding right yeah. yeah yeah with then like two people her dad work used to work with and like the kid's old nanny and like some young kid who's like the kid of someone other friend. Oh well, like his parents aren't even at the wedding. I don't know exactly <laughs> how that worked. Yeah, and it was very strange. And they like all ditch the wedding and like get along really well or whatever. And then you know she gets back with the brother and at, at the end and it's fine or whatever. And then like the, at the end of the movie, it's like they're inviting everyone to their wedding and they invite all the group of misfits because they helped Aww. everyone get back together. Yeah. So I don't know. It was all right, but I probably won't ever watch it again. <laughs> I don't Who's curating the Virgin Entertainment experience? But it is always peculiar. I know. Yeah. It's there always like three episodes from season five of yeah, like Big Bang Theory. Where it's very yeah. important to have I know. Yeah. the backstory. Yeah, I know. it's I thought that that was very strange. There's so much. It was very random. And I was like, I almost watched a couple of random episodes of Big Bang Theory or something. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm just going to Anna Kendrick movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love only movie in there that I wouldn't even consider watching like the only other one I probably would have watched if that movie wasn't on there was like Finding Nemo the rest are like <laughs> yeah. movies that I don't care yeah and I was like no yeah weren't even any like I mean I think technically that one's probably like a newish release but then yeah I got burned point? by Emo the Musical on another Virgin Flight oh, <laughs> 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 and it is peculiar oh, oh my goodness it's amazing what you yeah, I think I watched like a whole season of the movies, uh, which is really, it is actually really funny, but it's kind of an odd comedy. Yeah. Like I watched on ABC and it was one of those ones that you wouldn't really watch unless, I think I only watched it because I liked the people who were in it and I was like, yeah, this is going to be funny because I like them, but it's a very odd uh, Australian comedy. Yeah. It's not. You see, exactly. Yeah. This mo- Anna Kendrick movie, hello. Yeah. Although Lisa Kudrow was also in it, and I really like oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Uh, it was alright. I feel like I'm so disappointed with what's on offer in the Virgin in Flight Entertainment, yeah. like apps and things like that now, because like they have really good movies available when you fly internationally. And now yeah. I'm like, I watched so many good movies on my way, like from LA and back last year. And, also, and now it's like, I don't think we get in-flight entertainment anymore from Rocky to Brisbane because we're not technically flying Virgin, we're flying Alliance. Mm, yeah, so yeah. you don't, and the planes stank. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was the other weird thing, is that um, my flight from Rockhampton to Brisbane was on one of those planes that was like three and two. Yeah, that's what we had. And then weird. from Brisbane to Sydney, it was two and two. Oh, the plane that's was awesome. it was smaller. That's weird. I was like, but at least mm. it was actually Virgin, like, can watch a movie on my phone. So <laughs> I know, I miss, I miss that. Mm. Lucky, lucky we always take books everywhere. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was just dark. I didn't. I feel bad telling my background to you sometimes for people not to see me. But, but until all of the lights go off. Yeah, then it's not weird. So don't <laughs> or you can just get an e-reader that has a light in it. Yeah. I know you'll never do that, but yeah. that's what I, I do. I don't know. Maybe not never, but either way. <laughs> it's I, handy for flights. Well, that's what I did when I flew from Sydney to Brisbane to get here. Um, the guy who was sitting next to me, we reached to turn our lights on at the exact same time when the lights went down. And I was like, yes. Yeah. I, was like, I'm not gonna, I was like, I'm not going to be bugging you. Yeah. yeah. We can just have our lights on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. good. But also, if you're a person who gets annoyed by lights on a plane, get a sleep mask. Yeah, like, right if, if that's going to annoy yeah. you, just... Also, I hate when they turn the lights down. I was like, my flight... Like, both flights that I'm just talking about, how I was bugged at the lighting and everything, literally landing at, like, 7.30 at night. Like, mm. who is sleeping then? I'm yeah. sorry. No, just keep the just, lights on. Yeah. yeah. And oh. if you're really that tired, I'm sure you'll fall asleep anyway. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know I would. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Should we, um, should we get to, yeah. like, the formal part of this... subject that's quite hands-on and we do lots of data-driven reporting well, and that sort Some of, of your reporting has been in like The Guardian and um, Crikey and stuff, that's right. like the yep. whole class gets their stuff published. Yeah, it's really good. we've been a couple of times, yep. so um, <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. nice and hands-on um, and we try to do something that is in the public interest um, and the sort of stories that maybe another newsroom doesn't have the resources to work on, so sometimes it's something that's labour-intensive or that requires sort of a lot of collection of data and materials. So we've got kind of a newsroom of 12 people who can contribute something. Um, so that's really fun too because it's exciting to kind of be able to go in. I think one of the things like students are really nervous about is, like, do I have something to say? Mm. What can I contribute? And actually with 12 people, you can usually contribute something fairly substantial. Yeah. yeah. And um, everyone gets to work on it together. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. And so then there's also that element of, you know, that maybe as a standalone story, it might not be quite strong enough, but by the time you weave 12 stories together, you've actually got something really solid. So, yeah, that's exciting. Um, and I'm also teaching, so I think you mentioned before, we've got a new creative mm. arts program, which has a creative writing major. Um, so I'm teaching a creative writing fiction and nonfiction subject and developing a plot and genre subject as well. Mm. So... That's really exciting yeah. that is new from when I was at uni. So yeah, absolutely. That's, and so, you've been yeah. a part of getting that set up, haven't you? Yeah, and the idea of that is I think people are really excited about storytelling and narrative at the moment. So it's not a full creative writing degree, but the idea is that we take all of um, that narrative foundation and then start to apply it to other industries as well. Because oh, Bond okay. um, also has a really, not, well, not huge, but a well-known film um kind of section and film and television courses yep. so I imagine that would be very good because narrative transcends you know journalism everything involves a narrative and a yep. person yep. so absolutely yeah um so students can kind of pick and choose their majors a little bit so they do um a creative major they do the 
creative writing major and then they can do another major so they can do a business major um, but it's kind of designed for even like if you wanted to be a political speech writer that you could combine public relations and narrative and international relations with politics mm. and kind of bring yeah. those things together so I think yeah. that's really fun that there's kind of this excitement about narrative yeah in other disciplines yeah. Yeah. how long have you been a lecturer at Bond? um I've been doing it I think I've probably been there about seven years full time and then was doing it casually before that while I was doing my master's in creative writing. So cool. But yeah, you've it also sneaks up on you. <laughs> yeah. You've also worked in newspapers. You used to work in the Times, didn't yes, you? I did. Like the sister yes, paper to where paper, I work. Yeah. The rival. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long standing rivalry between yes. Kai and Rocky. Yes. Yeah. 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 So you, um so yeah, and I'm done some freelance magazine work, um, those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually that was really cool being at Bond too a lot of the teachers like yourself were also still in the industry or had been in the industry and could bring that kind of real world experience yeah um like oh I'm forgetting Mark Pearson like he got me he knew Fraser from like being an editor being an APN editor and like got me my um work experience and stuff yeah 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 yeah, like it's um it's kind of good to have a learning environment where you still have a lot of hands-on practical, you know, and I think people are getting stuff published when they're in uni and everything as well. Yeah, I mean, I find that really fun too. Mm. Um, yeah. And it's also, I mean, because, you know, it's a pretty small campus, so being able to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that I would be very aware of who you are by first name. Yeah. And so for, for me, that's actually really exciting mm. and rewarding. I mean, in our Australian media class, which was my favourite class that you taught, because that was just everything that film, television, everything Australian media. Um, I think there were like four people in our tutor group for that. So that was that was oh, tiny. Yes, it was like yeah. tiny one. We were at a peculiar time in the evening. Yeah, something. it was yeah. like right it was like I feel like it was like a Friday afternoon or something. Yeah. It was like the last one and it was just really, really tiny in the journalism room. And <laughs> yeah. It was so, so cool. funny because like um, I did communications at CQU yeah. and all my like journalism and PR courses had a lot of people from like propcom and arts and like other like so they were my bigger classes and then mm. all my marketing classes were the, small were the smaller ones. Yeah, wow. Yeah, marketing. I did a marketing subject, the the like intro to marketing subject at Bond, and that was a, a big class actually. Okay, well, intro to marketing Compl- is compulsory for all business. Um, bachelor of Business people, so that class had about it, 100 people it, in it. But Oh, um, no, when I say big, I mean it probably had about 40 people in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and then a gigantic class would be, like, our core subjects, so, like, um, what's the com- communications core skills or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, that's, like, a proper huge lecture of, like, 200 people or whatever. But, yeah, our journal classes were tiny. They were tiny, and sometimes it, <laughs> it is just good. a weird accident of timetable. Yeah, there. but it was good, yeah. like, that... It was mostly seminars and it was very, it was, it wasn't um, like just slides and stuff. It was like discussions and I felt like that was a good way to learn. Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, right. enough well, of an nice article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're a good teacher. You are a good teacher. Good feedback. Um, but in your spare time as well, like little spare time, <laughs> you're also writing stuff you're also writing textbooks and everything as well yes yes. yeah tell us what other projects you're working on yeah sure um so the textbook is a feature writing textbook um and you were actually mentioned in there yeah (laughs) i think it's my best feature um you're in the index as well oh my goodness yay 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yay. <laughs> oh, um, that is so cool. Yeah, so that was, so that was my breastfeeding with... um, story that kind of went viral a little bit. It did, yeah. yes. Yeah, and like, I got it from Facebook, so that's why yes. it's in there. Yeah. Yes, so yeah. it's in the research methods section about being, yeah, being attuned to all of those things. Yeah. Um, and so that was a really fun experience. It's co-written with Matthew Ricketson, um, who wrote the first edition of writing feature stories, um, which is about 10 years old, and obviously – um, heaps has changed in between then and now. Um, so that was fun. And we actually wrote the whole thing over Skype and we didn't meet until after it was published. Oh, that's so, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, so it's a very modern way of, yeah, approaching that. So that was, um, yeah, really good fun and a nice sort of apprenticeship into mm. publishing. As yeah. Well. yeah. 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 Because, like, well, we I talked about you were oh, updating it, sorry, because, like, writing feature stories, like you said, you published a few of them. Yes. So, yeah. Not necessarily starting from scratch, like you're no, updating yeah. editions. Yeah. And it's interesting because some of those elements, you know, for everything that's changed, you know, there were some chapters yeah. where we sort of were saying, actually, you know, still this stuff still, still stands up, but you're obviously updating examples and those sorts of things. And other elements where we just had to add whole sections and whole elements. Actually, that was kind of interesting. I noticed that, um, I can't remember what it was called, but the investigative journalism textbook we used for our investigation class, when I watched Spotlight, which is my favourite film, um, really? about, <laughs> about the Boston Globe investigation, I went back and looked at that because I was like, how did I not learn about this at university? And it's because that book was published in 2002. Yes. And this will happen in 2003. So I was like, that's a really interesting point that a lot of big things happen between publishing of textbooks. So Absolutely. updating examples yeah. would be huge. Yeah. Um, and it's also, um, like you're kind of trying to do two things with a book like that because because you're kind of going into print and there's, there's quite a lot long lead time on a book like this. Um, so we spent about a year working on it and then there's sort of six months of edits and, um, so it's quite a long time between starting and, and actually it coming out. Did you have stuff that changed? All that, like, major stuff you thought we'd have to add There were little things. So we've got some stories from journalists in here, kind of the stories behind the story. So some Mm. of those needed an update on kind of how they were panning out. But at the same time, you're trying to make sure it's as up-to-date as possible, that it's still got a bit of a a life in it. Yeah. Um, Exactly, because the most annoying thing with textbooks that I found when I was at uni was, like, Oh yeah, I'm doing this class now. I need this textbook. Oh, who did this course last year? Mm, not nah, new textbook. Yeah, so yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Well, marketing oh. would be hard because with all the social media advances, like that would all the be textbooks. I finished yeah. my degree last year. Yeah. All the textbooks I have are probably out of date. Yeah, yeah. I imagine yeah. that's even probably moving faster in journalism. Mm. Yeah, I was lucky. Like I, well, I kept most of my textbooks, but the feature writing textbook that them all. <laughs> the feature writing textbook that we used, which I can't actually remember what it was called, but Molly, Molly Casing, yeah, yeah, she yep, she works on it. Well. Yeah, but I found that they were very, and I we were just talking about this before we started recording. The difference between that and my literary theory textbooks, my masters, is that the journalism ones were really instructive so they would have sections for example the feature writing one would be like info for gathering stories but then it would lay out like how you can structure your stories and I just have always kept it and had it as like a handy reference point whereas 
like other my textbooks that I'm using at the moment are so incredibly different and it's it's a lot harder to it's not so instructive and yeah it's mm. I mean they're still timely and um there's still an element where you can always refer to them but I just I particularly appreciated like the broadcast subject textbook I remember being really hands-on and kind of user-friendly and like this is how you can plan out your script and all that sort of stuff so yeah I've, I found them really good still or especially the media law one as well because even though that does change a little bit it, it mostly remains the same yeah and at least it kind of gives you a framework and a term yeah so you can kind of start to update things as well yeah, yeah. I think hopefully what you're at least trying to teach <laughs> is just that someone will have the skills to find the information they're looking for yeah yeah interesting actually is that like journalism and writing and public relations and marketing like all of these areas have changed so much in the last couple of years whereas mm. everyone else that we know that went to uni and did like you know anything else law. yeah because most of my friends did law at bond <laughs> i mean i had friends who did like accident forensics and pre-med and, and yeah that's not changing in a hurry like, yeah mm. exactly yeah. None of that even none of that changes. Even my sister is doing speech pathology, but I mean hers had new additions. The only other people I know who did speech pathology are like in fourth year now and she's in first year. So yeah, so it's a bit it's a bit of a big gap yeah, and she can get textbooks from them. I yes. wonder how much that will change over the next couple of years though. I mean they're saying that sort of technology and the way it's gonna disrupt those industries because yeah. like hits places like media <laughs> first. Yeah, yeah exactly. um, but it's I mean there are gonna be first, so now yeah. the changes will probably sort of start to spread a bit further. Yeah, Ooh. and ways of automating all of those exactly. works and I mean they're saying that that over the next twenty years all industries are gonna be sort of Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Whereas, I mean even then there's change. textbooks like um you know like Grey's Anatomy textbook. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah how many times? Yeah. Like, <laughs> everyone's got copies of that. It probably yeah. hasn't changed that much. And even, years. like, even my basic marketing textbook, I think, would still be quite quite useful because it's, like, this is how you do a marketing plan and it's still, yeah. like, a very basic, like, these are the elements we need. Yeah, it's just now you have things, to Yeah, the more basic in things to hold up. Yeah. The thing with, I mean, I think especially with marketing is I, I don't have all my, like, you know, consumer behaviour theory and marketing plans writing and like all of these sort of different elements they'll still hold up mm. but i didn't do that much at uni with social media or video mm. or well, even audio yeah neither did neither did we well actually audio is a good point because you introduced um there's now like a podcasting element for some um is it the internship or special project yeah so um we've got a new um multimedia subject mm. um that comes online next year um, that's going to bring a lot of those things together and we're giving students scope to do projects so that they can, yeah, so that yeah, could be podcasts, it could be, really do that. yeah. And then, but even like, I did photography and I had to do speech and script, which mm. was um, speech and script. So that we were like writing speeches and everything, but it was also like for broadcast journalism. So like you can use voice things like that well, we which did. I sucked at but oh, I also I didn't know. want to I, do I sucked journalism as well. so I didn't yeah. really try that hard yeah. <laughs> I sucked at it as well but I was like well I'm not going to be a TV journalist so it's fine yeah. um but even when we did our broadcast subject it was very much for TV broadcast and I now need to in my daily work be able to cut videos and stuff but on phone or really yeah. quickly not to the level and not using the same um necessarily the, the same 
um, stuff that, yeah, you need to be able to film it on your video. Yeah. Although it was good still to know, like, get some revelation, like, these are, and yeah. to know some basic terms, which is obviously why that is a foundation subject of the journalism degree at Bond. But it, yeah, at the, even at the time, I know we talked about online a little bit, but even since I finished and started work in the newsroom, our whole newsroom approach to online has changed. So, of course, what you teach is going to change Absolutely. too. Yeah. Um, and we are using, we've got mobile journalism kits now, mm. um, those sorts of things. And actually in many ways, um, I mean, we're still teaching the full editing software and the HD yeah. cameras and all of that. But actually from a teaching point of view, as all of this technology gets more accessible, really what you're teaching is how to conceptualise it. And yeah. So the technology itself becomes more and more intuitive, which I think makes a sort of barrier to to doing that a little bit less. Yeah, and it's more about, like, these are some cool ideas for shots. Absolutely. Or, like, yeah, this is how you can plan it out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, that's what I've had my, my photography course, which I didn't particularly like or whatever, <laughs> but um, I feel like they did a lot about how to use an actual DS- DSLR. DSLR, yeah. there we go, camera, which I didn't even use for the subject because I was like, fuck, don't own one. Like, didn't want to borrow We had to. We had to. And we had to do it all manual. And Naomi was a tough marker. Great teacher. Super tough marker. Um, But we had, like, we had to do an exam for photography and we had to calculate, like, um, exposures and stuff based on, like, the manual settings. Mine wasn't that intense. I mean, there wasn't one about how to actually use the camera and settings and stuff like that. But I don't remember any of that. What I do remember is things about... You know, like all those rules of photography, like golden ratio and like yeah. thirds and all mm. that sort of stuff about setting up a shot so that it looks aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. I mean, who cares about adding the camera? We're in the digital age. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. No, I've got to, oh, let's not get into this argument. Okay, like, <laughs> I now only ever use my camera on manual. I can't do auto. It's atrocious. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, and yeah. there is a difference between... Yeah, the, the control. Of, absolutely. But you have yeah, to, but it is complicated so, to understand yeah. that. But, like, I'm really glad I learned it at uni and now I know. Um, obviously, always room to learn. But, yeah, it's good yeah. to have that, that base knowledge. But, gosh, that subject was yeah. so hard. Well, the nice thing now is that at the start of a program, we can teach some of those basic techniques mm. on an iPhone in the first instance. Yeah. And so you're not learning everything at once because I think that's what's intimidating. You're learning. Yeah. You know, the, the structure of a camera as well as yeah. the structure of an image. And, yeah. 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 That was a really tough subject. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That final portfolio is so tough. Oh, but you're also doing some fiction writing. I am, yes. Um, so I'm actually on research leave at the moment. Um, and I think I was saying to you guys earlier, I just feel like I've been basically shut away for a couple <laughs> of months, um, limping to the end of a novel. Um which has been, it's been so amazing to have the time and headspace to do it. And it's also just so hard. <laughs> um, and every time I, I hear another writer say it's hard, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> um, it's not just me. Um, but yeah, so I'm working on it. It's actually part of a PhD, but um, it's, I think I made my, my life very difficult for myself. Um, <laughs> it's, it's literary fiction and I've got five perspectives in it and they all have quite wow. different and um, five perspectives yes. with, with. I, and I, I didn't set out to do that but it's it's a thing that's happened mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, but with it being a PhD as well you have so you have to include elements of like 
you have to have an intense understanding of the elements so that you can put them in the novel, right? Yeah, so, and it depends a little bit on the program. Um, different programs are structured a bit differently. So some you'll do like a big creative product and then you'll do an exegesis kind of writing about the process or elements of it. Mine is creative product and thesis. So they're kind of exploring the same things, but they're separate. And I quite liked that because I think there are probably like political aspects of the novel and I didn't want to make a trap for myself with yeah. the politics and having to be, I don't know, there's, there's something frightening about like having to from the outset say this is, this is what I'm thematically what I intend yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Um, because sometimes you just make like narrative decisions. Which is interesting, like the thing that we're learning, because I'm only two subjects in three masters, but the thing that we're learning in this um, narrative subject is like, the author's intent, like, completely take it out of the picture. Like, you are just looking at the novel itself and the finished work. Nothing about what the author intended matters at all in your analysis or reading of the book. Readers bring their own interpretation. And that's so weird. It's yeah. so weird to, to remember that. And there are yeah. almost two schools of thought on that as well. Um, and it's, I mean, I, I think theoretically I understand that, but also mm. as a writer, you're like, writing no, comes from yeah. something that you... Yeah. That you've lived in some way. And I'm yeah. not saying that everything is experience, but it's things you've read and you've heard and you've seen and mm. you, you mean I can I can trace most of those things back to some kind of genesis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so they don't I mean, happen in a yeah. bubble. And they happen in the time for you know, exactly. the place you're living and I mean I think all that stuff is true for everything you read. Like I remember when we talked to Gabrielle Toza, we I were asking her about the intern and she was like, I could go through that book and be like, that happened. That happened. Oh, that was exaggerated. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. But it was very much like, based on her experience. And even even remind me how this ends. She was saying was very much based on how she was feeling at the time. So yeah, the actions in it might not be. She wasn't a teenager trying to work out, but she was in a situation yeah. where she was trying to work out what to do next with her life. So it still translates. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I mean, it comes out differently on the page, but like everything mm. is yeah, based absolutely. somewhere in reality. Yeah, know. it's this weird Frankenstein. Of, yeah. <laughs> and then you're kind of hoping someone doesn't pull it apart. Yeah. Like, Trace yeah. elements. Because, yeah. You, know, you don't want to have to account Which for is maybe that. why they came up with that theory. <laughs> to be like, no, no, we yeah. just leave that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, but it's weird to get my head around that because I've always looked at it as an extension of the author and to suddenly be like, no, it's not. Yeah. It's very much its own thing. It's kind of odd. Mm. But I'm getting there slowly. <laughs> yeah, well, and the, the other thing is, like, I mean, I can say that all of those, like, are partly me, but then I put them on a page and someone reads it and they bring their own experiences. And well, so yeah, I love the idea that a reader brings their own experience and their exactly. own understanding and, and their the own political terms. Yeah, yeah, because someone who might have had the same experience might be like, yes, this is exactly what happened to me, or think, oh, that's so wrong, like, that's... So not accurate. It's not what happened to me. Yeah, everyone brings yeah, their own yeah, experience yeah. and reading to anything, to any situation, not just a book. Yeah, anything yeah, exactly. in life. Yeah. yeah. The one that always trips me up is quite often people will read something I've written and be like, "Oh, that bit was really funny." And I'll be like, oh, "What's <laughs> what? that?" This <laughs> <laughs> is not intended to be humorous, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your project though, because. You've told me about the idea before and I love it. Yes, okay. Yeah, so it's um, so cool. So it's called The Memory Addicts. Um, so I think I've been told at one point that if you get published, it's sort of 27 people who kind of uh, have a hand on your book and all that. Yeah. 
but working title is The Memory Addicts. Um, so it's set in a very near future, uh, in a world where people are taking like a dopamine supplement, so something that would be used to treat Parkinson's, and those mm-hmm. drugs exist already, um, in order to re-experience their memories. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got these people who are addicted to kind of their own past. Um, yeah, just, yeah, living in the past. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and you sure. can see how that would be addictive to try yeah. and get back to. Um, and so I've got a character who has condition called hyperthemesia which also exists but it's quite rare so it's a it's extreme autobiographical memory so Mm -hmm. um the people who have it it's extraordinary it's almost like an obsessive compulsive Mm. obsession with your own past and memories i think what we should do in our show notes is linked to the episode if we can of this american life yeah absolutely that yes so that inspired you or that came out at the same like what happened yeah work? so there was an episode of that and also an episode of radio lab that deals with memory um some of oliver sack's work um he's an amazing storyteller <laughs> neuroscientist but who just wrote about people's weird experiences with memories and with other um and actually, partly it came out of being a journalist mm. and this idea that I I personally feel so overwhelmed by the constant turnover of information. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so much out there. Yeah. yeah. And everyone I know is, like, both addicted and obsessed with social media and news and all of that and also yeah. trying to find ways of pulling back on it mm. and gaining control yeah, of a, it. And... It's a bit of a weird world to be in. I know yeah. I been thinking about that a lot lately is that I mean obviously I work in social media I have a blog we have this podcast so like between everything yeah I have like five Facebook pages three Instagram accounts four Twitter accounts like oh there's and I literally sit on Facebook all day for work which as evidenced by this textbook (laughs) (laughs) that like we get stories from Facebook we're contacting people through Facebook we're trolling not trolling we're looking, we're I can't looking. imagine you as a troll. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I mean tro- I don't think I mean trolling. I think I mean trolling. <laughs> and it just came out that way. We're trolling through like Facebook groups yeah, for our local area yeah. where there are cool stories happening and people sharing stuff and, and you know, it's just there in the background all the time and then I'm on it for pleasure as well, yeah. you know. It's yeah. It's a very strange world. It is. <laughs> exactly. And people are using the language of bitch. So people are like, I'm on a social media detox. Or mm. I'm on a, yeah. um, and I actually had to pull back from a lot of stuff in order to get this book written as well. Yeah. And it's made me realise that I actually feel probably happier and less anxious without some of those things in yeah. my life as well. That's kind of um, happened to me on Elbow Holiday <laughs> too, by the yeah. way. Like I've yeah. had a mini break and I don't think I've turned on the news until today. Um, thankfully the world hasn't been blown up by a nuclear bomb yet. Yep. Um, yeah. who knows what's going to happen there. Yeah. Yeah. Will this podcast even get to air? Who knows? <laughs> oh. It's terrifying. Oh my God, don't say that. <laughs> I, know. I know. Well, I've, tried, I've been trying to do that too lately. I mean, I usually do it like on a weekend where well, I like don't use social media or whatever, like Ooh. all day on Sunday. Yeah. And it's just like a bit of a cleanse because like, because I do have to do it for work and well, and then yes, I own. have to do it for yeah. work. I enjoy being on it for like, you know, for my blog and our podcast, and of course, you know, for my social life. So yeah. I don't know. Taking a bit of a break is actually really refreshing, and it's so, it's just an interesting concept because everyone is using it all the time, and then being like, 
oh no, I'm not going to use it for a yeah. day. And yeah. it's like, go me, because I'm not going to use it for <laughs> a day. I'm yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Well, anyway, and even having those moments to. of, you know, like, I mean, we, we talked about the podcast addiction as well. Yeah. Um, but I've also been trying to have moments where I'm not consuming something. Oh, I'm, all, yeah, yeah. I'm always consuming something. Yeah. Always. Well, and so little things like I'm like I mean this is this is stupid that someone would even <laughs> to do this but when I order a coffee I try not to be like on, on something yeah, while I'm waiting yeah. for it because I actually think yeah just being bored is important just stand and wait yeah. for the coffee without checking social and think media. about things and actually it's it's amazing I feel like I have more ideas I observe more yeah. things oh you know what the weirdest thing with that is is when you go I'm just standing here like. Not on my phone. I don't need yeah. to. And you go like, I don't need to be on my phone. And you look around. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> on my phone. Yeah. 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 So that's so. part of what's what started all of this. Is mm. like I wanted to explore that, and so this was kind of that taken to an extreme level of yeah. what it's like. And I think that's actually something I think a lot of us feel all the time. So that's yeah. the starting point. And so this character starts to remember things that aren't his own memories and so it's him trying to put the mystery oh, of his stories to her and I'm so excited I'm <laughs> <laughs> so excited yeah that's oh. really really interesting yeah I hope it's so really, I don't know it's, it's really cool. you can't tell anymore like, yeah that's the thing. No. It's kind of, it sounds amazing and you have these moments of going is this too crazy is it too much and <laughs> um, I think that's been the biggest thing actually is that like how far to take it yeah. yeah, and I think when I think you just have to kind of push through and I don't know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I kind of don't know what it is the thing that it is, and um, yeah, you yeah, just well, try and execute that as well. Because we exchange experience, one that neither of us have yeah, had, no, so yes, we don't know. But is writing is writing for a PhD different to to writing just normally? Um, you know what I mean. <laughs> I can probably only speak to my own experience of that. For me, it's actually been a, a great format for doing it because my impression, and this is like also not just me, but also for like students who are coming to the classroom wanting to write things, is that there are a lot of people who want to write things but are actually terrified of kind of how to get started. Or I mean, yeah. in some ways, like there's all of this discussion about can you teach creative writing, and in some ways, I think that's an insane discussion because we can teach all sorts of other skills yeah. no one says can you teach maths you can't yeah, teach someone exactly. to be a genius but what you can teach them to do is i don't know it's debatable what you can teach me maths <laughs> pretty yeah, bad I mean, you, you teach all of those skills and structures yeah. and yeah, then what exactly. someone does with them is is another thing mm. entirely but i feel like yeah. so many people are actually coming to these things because they want permission to write in many ways and a sort of support structure for that so for me, the PhD, the difference was, A, you get to work with a supervisor, so you've kind of got a built-in mentor um, and someone who's invested in your project. Yeah, a cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also it's just, <coughs> like, it's almost just legitimising it. Mm. So it's the difference of, like, I'm going to go do my hobby to like this work. is a thing. Yeah, yeah, and it needs time and it needs attention and that's valid. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just on that, though, what do you think about, you know, teaching theory of, of writing and stuff and 
does that help? Like, obviously, people can be great writers without having studied writing, but do you think it's useful to have that theoretical knowledge? Well, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's definitely useful. And I think, well, I think probably, I think you can't be a writer unless you read. Mm. So whether you're doing it in a formal way or whether yeah. you're just exposing yourself to a heap of narratives, I think most people who write well have that knowledge, whether it's, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I, think, I don't want to sound up myself, but that's something my English teacher said to me when I was at school. Like, I don't want to sound, but she was like... See, I can't tell you, like, this is what a verb is, this is what an adverb is, this is, and this is what you need to make a sentence, but I can write a sentence that makes sense and not only makes sense but, like, I will just say is a good sentence. Um, and I think that's because I read so widely as a child and as a teenager yeah. because when she tried to then break it down, with our class and be like, these are the elements of a sentence. I was like, this is so confusing. Just let me, just let me like, do it I my way. Like I just, I just anyway. know how to write yeah, it. Yeah. And that's what she she kind of said yeah. to me. She's like, you just get it. You yeah, know how. Yeah. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like some people, yeah. I think I think I mean, reading like, is that's the key. One of like my favorite things to say is like, oh, that you know, reading, you know, all these words and like, it, it you know, it makes your vocabulary better. It makes mm. sense. You know, when you talk, makes yeah, it better. Yeah. You know, it just makes you smarter. Not yeah, even, like, and then that's not even talking about the ideas that you're exploring as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And actually empathy is the other really big one with fiction, especially. Oh, yeah. um, yes, that's, my, yeah. that's the top of the list is that like Harry, reading Harry Potter makes you a better person because you're more accepting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They've done yeah. a lot yes. of, yeah. There's, there's a lot of research behind it. It's true. Um, <laughs> and it's actually different to something like watching a TV show. So if you're watching a TV show, um, you're still in your own body kind of experiencing yeah. that. Um, mm. In a book, you're very you have much to, yeah, you have to having the experience. Yeah. 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 yeah, and so the neuroscience of it too is like oh. if you're reading a book about someone being, I don't know, chased by a gorilla, your brain is reacting very much the way it would yeah. be if you if were you being chased, chased by a gorilla. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's Which so is so cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. See, reading is awesome. Reading really is <laughs> Reading awesome. makes us smart. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's so, But, I mean, still crap at maths. But <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of people yeah. who are really good at maths probably aren't as good at readers. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's true. Yeah. Out, I'm sure. Yeah. But, I mean, if people are wanting to be writers in the future and thinking, is it worth studying creative writing? You know, what? how's it going to improve my writing? What would you kind of say? How does it help? Um, make you a, a better writer and a, a more understanding writer. Yeah. So it does a couple of things, I think. Firstly, it gives you a language to start to talk about those elements of things. So it's almost like it's not that different to the grammar of a book. A story mm. still has I'm lots of elements that. and lots of structures. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning um, that, like, focalisation. Yeah. You're not saying, like, first person or third person where you're like, okay, there's a focaliser and a narrator and there's all these different levels yeah. of a story. Yeah. There's actors yeah. and characters. And it's, I mean, that's been the biggest thing, even just studying, like, I'm I'm not doing the creative side, but even just studying, like, the analysis side, I'm like, whoa, there's a whole new yeah. vocabulary yeah. to learn. Yeah. And that things. allows you to be much more specific, much mm. more intentional about the way that you're using yeah, the story. You're not just like, even, like, even if yeah. it looks good in my head. Even if in the end your intention doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But you can. You it's can be intentional. Yeah. Happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that would be, I think, one of the first things. I 
think the second thing is <laughs> I'm learning this increasingly is that writing is a discipline. And this is this is lovely romantic idea of what writing is. Sitting down with your typewriter yeah, and right. just yeah. actually like just it. typing a novel in an afternoon. Yeah. yeah. And about like tying it up with string like in Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> having your finished manuscript all there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of what you do is really boring, right? So yeah. you're just like sitting there for extended periods of time and um, yeah, I feel like in writing montages, they never show editing. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, yeah. no. Or proofreading. People get to the last page and write the, the end. end. Yeah. <laughs> the end. And then oh, it's it just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think there's that. I think there's learning the discipline of it. I think there's learning the craft of it. And then I think the other thing is that community is so important. Mm. Because you do this thing in a room on your own and you're largely in your head and like, I mean, my, my co-workers for the last couple of months, getting they, they don't exist. Like, yeah. Right? yeah. They, they don't matter. Nobody yeah. else knows them. <laughs> um, it's really lonely. Um, and, I mean, other people in your life will kind of engage with it in mm. different ways. Yeah. But unless you're talking about it heaps and heaps, I don't know, it's a world they can't enter yet in some yeah. ways. And having other writers around you... Um, in the same so situation yeah. yeah which is one of the reasons you wanted to get that creative writing class going at bond or creative writing major at bond, yeah, was yeah, to create absolutely. that community that yeah. wasn't really there yeah um yeah and i mean that's, that's like partly selfish but it's also <laughs> um it's one of those right. things yeah there's that lovely term seniors that idea that when people you've got like this group of people around mm. if you've got lots of people independently working on awesome things they start to cross pollinate and mm-hmm. um so it's also the really cool thing with um you know programs and this isn't just writers but um other kinds of storytellers or other people who are working on cool ideas or you know like I've been researching science and psychology and yeah. I'm working in a co-working space at the moment just to get a, like a little bit of distance but you know you're kind of surrounded by people who are doing marketing yeah. and who yeah. are doing um, video editing and who are doing business and that's actually really cool to have those conversations. Did you and find that you had to do that because um, it was too hard to like have a discipline working from home? Yeah, I'm not great at working at home. No, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not good at it either. I don't I think I was like good at it. Uni. I remember even because at my uni it was like the ground floor of the library which is like the noisy floor yep. and then the first floor was like medium and then the top floor was like super quiet and all my friends used to want to go study up there and I'm like I just sit yeah. in the middle of everyone yeah. on the ground floor, yes. otherwise I can't yeah. get anything done. Yeah. I, that's, that's why I did so well at Starbucks the other day. All this noise around me, oh, I was I just like, yeah. There's a couple of apps you can now get that simulate oh, cafe like, noise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still not the same. It's yeah, because yeah, yeah. people also use them to get to sleep as well. Like yeah. if they have yeah. like ocean sounds or yeah. whatever. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. How are we going for time? We're an hour and so I, I was just like, we should do a two-parter. <laughs> I'm having so much fun. It's so great. Uh, uh, yeah, so thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so really much for having fun. me. It was so fun. You're yes. always allowed out of the writing room. You can come, come chat with us anytime. Yes. And I've been, I have to say, I've kept touching this chair and sitting on this beautiful chair in Harry's hotel room. It's like purple velvet. velvet. We're yeah. going to take oh, a photo and put it in our so show notes. Because <laughs> your shirt matches it, it as does. well. Oh, it does too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so nice.
I know, okay. Kara, you want to steal it. So. I do. There's <laughs> a chance it's coming in my handbag. It's a beautiful chair. Well, there is a cushion over. Oh, it's not velvet, though. Uh, it's the same colour. Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, do you have any social media or anything that people can find you? Yes, um, I think my Twitter handle is caro underscore e underscore graham. Um, so it's probably the easiest way to find me. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Okay. And you can find us, of course, on iTunes, the Overcast app. What are our other ones, Michelle? Um, Stitcher. We're now on Stitcher, which is really cool. Um, I think we're also on Pocket Casts and CastBox. Yeah, so hopefully you can find us on one of those too listen in the future and then android listeners can also subscribe and um rate i think as well which we would really appreciate yes so please leave us a rating and review we'd love to hear your feedback you can check out our website betterwordspodcast.com follow us on social media at betterwordspod and please join us again next time thank you bye